What's good, everyone? This week's episode is brought to you by Blackwood for Men, a company that not only wants to clean your hair and skin, but also protects it. Blackwood for Men is a multifunctional grooming for guys who want to worry less and demand more. Fellas, this is perfect for your daily grooming routine with some of the best hair, skin, and body products in the world. Why, you ask? It's because their formulas are advanced and are made with natural ingredients. Each formula has a botanical boost to repair, strengthen your skin and hair, and also protects it. Most importantly, fellas, these products are designed specifically for men. Premium products with a not-so-premium price, and that price is about to get lower right now. Use the promo code ROOMMATES to get 25% off at BlackwoodForMen.com. Yes, promo code ROOMMATES, 25% off BlackwoodForMen.com. Enjoy the show. This week on the Roommates Podcast. And another way of looking at it is, like, she's not rejecting you, right? She's rejecting your approach. Or yeah. now, like, with, you know, it's all online dating, and some of the guys I work with, they feel, man, I'm not getting any matches. Like, you know, I'm just not attractive enough. And then I look at their profile. I'm like, bro, she ain't rejecting you. She's rejecting these, like, these shitty photos. <laughs> you got, man. Like, like, no, yeah. like, this is why it's happening. But yeah. it's the same thing, whether it's, you know, a dating profile where she's rejecting your profile, not you. Or if it's yeah. your approach, she's rejecting your approach, not, not necessarily you. And maybe you look really bad. Maybe you need to work on your appearance. Maybe yeah. you need to hit the gym. Maybe you just not, don't, don't have any confidence in your approach. But, like, that's why you're going to reject it ultimately. Not, she's not rejecting like you as a person. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Safis, and welcome to another episode. And guys, we are still in Austin, Texas. We decided to, you know what I mean, go and get another really dope person to give you guys value and to really give you guys a really great, exceptional experience. You know, as you young men know, we're always trying to give you guys great content to help you become a better self, help you to level up. And you know what? I think a lot of you guys really want to become a greater guy. You might want to call, you might want to be a beast, you know? So what I decided to do is I decided to reach out to this guy, and I'm super, super excited to bring him on the podcast. He is, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say too much. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on, guys. Please, welcome to the podcast, the one and only David De La Morenas. Did I get it right? You got it pretty close. Bro. All right, dang it. <laughs> All right, give it to me. De Las Morenas. De Las Morenas. So God close. dang it, it. It's good to be here, though, bro. Yeah. I appreciate you. appreciate you guys coming through. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Cool, David. So I know who you are. For the audience who don't know who you are, can you give us a bit of an elevator pitch synopsis and all that good stuff? I mean, I suppose at this point, I'd be considered like a YouTuber. You know, I do content on, you know, fitness, dating, general self-improvement. Um, but, you know, at this point, I'm also heavily invested, I guess, in kind of building my businesses. I have a couple different things I'm working on. But, yeah, that's my elevator pitch. Okay, dang. That was a legit elevator <laughs> I'm trying pitch. To keep it a quick elevator, <laughs> hey, ride, man. Yeah, that was a good, legit elevator pitch. So my question to you is, um, what made you get into this space? So I, for me, like my main, I guess, pain point growing up, it, it was dating, right? Like as I, as I went through school, you know, academics, I, I did well, uh, athletics, I played basketball, football growing up, but I never, like my confidence would have wild swings, you know, sometimes it, it, a lot of times it was tied to my basketball performance, but as like my friends were starting to get girlfriends or get laid consistently, I kind of felt like I was watching from the background. And then I just I got so in my head about it that it was one of those things I just put off for so many years that that was really kind of the the pain that, that caused me to, to start improving myself. And it started with dating. But, you know, from there, it, it quickly, 
expanded into a lot of other areas of my life. But I think a lot of people who are watching can relate. You know, when you see other people doing well with girls and you just feel completely confused and afraid and overwhelmed that it just, it, it can eat away at you. You know, and, and the, it's so interesting because one of the things, like before when I did my, my podcast, I would always talk to people and kind of like go into the content and go into like the meat of their story. And then eventually I started realizing that a lot of people love origin stories. Like a lot of people see these dope YouTubers, you know what I mean, at the end destination. They're like, yo, how did he get here? You know what I mean? How did he get to the man that he was? So I think it's so interesting that you were like, you know, you were young, you were struggling with women. That kind of began your journey. So what is a good age that we can start at that was kind of like the beginning of this journey um, probably during I mean during high school it started to develop during college it got painful but I didn't really I think like fully admit to myself how about it, bad it was and start working towards a solution probably until like 22 23 like just after I graduated college all right I want I want to start at 20 why was it so painful at 20 well, at that point, at 20, sophomore college, you know, that's really you starting to see people getting laid like every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the crazy part is you know it's happening. Yeah. It's like in your face. And I'm like, but like, yeah. but it's not happening to me. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard when it's that in your face. And that almost makes it, you know, more fearful for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So what school did you go to? Boston University. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So you were... You, you, <laughs> I know what kind of guy he is. <laughs> okay, okay. So Boston University, and what were you majoring at that time? So I started with computer science major, and then I ended doing kind of economics was my main, my okay, main focus. Okay, okay. Yeah. So were you part of the Square Club? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, the Square Club is when you square your GPA and the number is still lower. Yeah, so it's like for people who have people who have really low GPAs, like I had a friend at a point eight, you know, because he was just part <laughs> he was just partying, having a good time. And so we call those guys the part of the square club because they were partying, yeah, they were yeah, having yeah. a good time. So were you more in the books or were you more partying? So I mean to be completely honest, one reason I changed economics is because like computer science was so much work. Man. Yeah, it was yeah, killing yeah. me, and I it was all these kids who had been programming since they were like out the womb, and it was yeah. I felt like really far behind. So yeah. I switched to economics, and it was a good balance with economics. I could pretty much kind of just it was one of those the classes were like there's like a midterm and a final, and it's like you don't really have to show up to class in between as long as you kind of know the material, you can get through with it. So. I was able to take it pretty easy in terms of academics, but still not fall into the square club, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you said that at 22, that's when you decided to make a change. Yeah, I think about 22. So, so after graduating college, you were still living in Boston at the time. Still in Boston. So, so what was that? What made you decide to make a change and change your life around? So I got a, a job uh, working for a software company, and I was commuting from home while I was saving up money. Then I got my own apartment in Boston because it was like like a two-hour commute each way to the from so, my, from my parents' place. Yeah, it was bad, bad Boston traffic, <laughs> yeah, that we were yeah, talking yeah. about. And uh, once I think I was in that apartment by myself, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't have like my friends or my family kind of like to distract me. I think that's when I was like fully had to sit alone by myself for like a lot every day after work, after going to the gym. And I think that's when, you know, I, I couldn't really ignore the problem anymore. And I had all this free time alone that I started reading self-improvement books and got into like podcasts and things at that point. And that's when I really, little by little, I guess started expanding my mind to the idea that like, oh, maybe I can change some of these things. Mm. And what like, what did you notice like some of your biggest problems at, during that age? I mean, I think it was more at that point just thinking that it was something that was never really going to change, man. You know, mm. limiting beliefs really just, you know, 
I've never really been with too many girls. You know, it's all been kind of drunk hookups in college, and yeah. like, and I'm out of college now. Like, uh, it's it's too late for me. Yeah. Hmm. And then, so what was the book that was like, yo? I read this book, and this really changed the game for me. What What was it? What was the self improvement thing that really like? There was a lot. I started devouring these self improvement books. I Man, I'd read them at home. I'd listen to like the audio books on the way to work. Yeah. Um, one is a guide to the good life is called, and it's about like the the idea of like stoicism. Yeah. Um, and that is, I, I'm, I mean, I'm wearing a hoodie now, but I actually have Marcus Aurelius tattooed yes. on my arm, and uh, that idea that like. It's like you have to think about the things that you have control over rather than worrying about all the things that you don't have control over. Yeah. That's, I mean, for anyone who watches my videos, like that always kind of is like the central message that I preach. And that's yeah. really what resonated with me. Mm. Man, stoicism, that's, that's always a, it's always an interesting concept whenever we meet somebody <laughs> who really rocks with that. And so, what was probably the three biggest things that you changed that you saw like gave you the, the instantaneous results or the, or the results that got you on the right path? I mean, first of all, I would say would be probably reading or like a, a consuming uh, self-improvement content that gives you ideas that you can implement and also just kind of fills you with confidence to like, you know, you can change your life. Uh, second would be, I guess, just taking action, even if it's small action. I mean, that's kind of a maybe cliche answer, but, you know, you can't like once you, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I have to go and try and approach a girl. Or I have to actually try, you know, go out to the bars more frequently yeah. or, or whatever it is. Because then you're actually putting yourself in position that some change can happen. And, I mean, third, I suppose, would just be kind of not, not giving up. These aren't the, the, the most insightful answers, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. kind of just sticking with it and not, not expecting, like, crazy changes. I, I, something I say a lot is I kind of like take, taking, taking happiness in, like, the small wins, you know? Yeah. Whether that's for, for business, it could be making your first sale. For dating, it could be, well, like, I got rejected, but I approached her. Like, that's a win, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It could, you're trying to you know, congratulating myself for, like, the small progress. Mm. So what age did you become a beast? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still trying to be a beast. <laughs> <laughs> but what was that age that you were like, yo, like, you started feeling like, yo, I'm getting the hang of it, I'm growing, I'm improving, and all that good stuff? It, well, I feel like, and I know it's not me, but you kind of always want to challenge yourself, right? And I feel like especially when you start making progress, then you just you start to focus on the things you haven't made progress yeah, yeah. with. So even once I started to see results with dating and then see more uh, success with dating, then I think it turned more to like my career. And then once I got into YouTube and started my own businesses, it got into more like, you know, whatever was challenging me at the time. So I, I mean, I'd like to think that I, I kind of continuously overwhelm myself a little bit in, mm. in order just to keep trying to get to the next level. Yeah. So what's interesting is what I've noticed, like people yeah. love your videos, like the how to talk to a girl, how to approach a yeah, girl. Those like, are the best. Those yeah. are the best videos. And so, man, I think so many guys are stuck at that point. Mm. I mean, so many guys are are fearful about approaching and starting that conversation. Like, so what what was some of the things for you that you felt like was holding you back? And then what were some of the things that you felt like, yo, once I got this out of the way, I was able to be more confident and approach a lot better? A lot of it was just doing it more, man. It's like the first time you ride a bike, it's intimidating, it's yeah. scary, you fall over, you scrape your knee. Like it, approaching girls, we for some reason we just get such a big mental block, but it's like once you force yourself the first few times to do it you're like oh like it's not that it's kind of awkward but it's not that big of a deal yeah. so i think honestly just forcing myself to do it all right but most people david are afraid you yeah, know what i mean yeah, they're yeah. afraid to think about talking to girls about the poop in their pants right now like <laughs> like like they're stuck how can they force themselves to talk to a girl when it's like yo this is really this is really scary 
I mean, there's, it all comes down to like, because eventually you just have to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I guess like different mental tricks you can use, like you have to kind of realize like, am I really going to just accept like loneliness and never dealing with this part of my life because I'm afraid of 10 or 15 seconds of awkwardness? I think that's one way to frame it, that mm-hmm. the worst it can go is you go over, you stutter over your words, the girl turns around and walks away <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It sucks, yeah. man, but like that's literally the worst thing that can happen. Maybe a few people laugh at you, and I mean, I've, that's happened to me all many times, right? <laughs> but like, and it sucks, but are you really going to let those 10 or 15 seconds that suck stop you from you know doing something that's been eating away your confidence for like years? And, like, and if you don't do that in five or 10 years, like what's your life going to look like? You're going to be what? Now you're going to be, I don't know, mid-30s or 40 or something and still doing the same thing and... I think I made, like, I, again, I was alone at the, in my apartment by myself, but I think all of that, like, that intense pain and, like, not hiding from it and really soaking it in is what motivated me. You know, I think at first I was motivated by fear rather than, like, by something really inspirational. Yeah. Man, that nah, and, I, and I think that's the part, I forgot who it was, and they always said, ask yourself, what is the worst possible case scenario? Yeah. And then can you live with that? Then you, you're gonna live. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not gonna be the end of the world. Like if yeah. the worst, like the worst possible scenario comes, she looks at you, she laughs at you, she, you know, everyone's like, ha ha, like that. That's life. You know what I mean? Like there's wins and there's losses, but end of the day, it's her loss, not yours. But what I've noticed is that a lot of guys internalize that, right? Mm-hmm. When they get rejected, they internalize that. How? What is your advice to guys who are constantly internalizing? Like they get, re- they talk to one girl, they get rejected, and they're like, never again. It's too much. Yeah, well, I think that's. My bad. I like the mic over. <laughs> that was all good. Think, uh, yeah. One way I like to look at it is like, uh, if a rejection is actually a good thing, you have to train your mind so like rejection is seen as a good thing. And what I mean is, if you go up to a girl and she says yes, and you get a date, or you know you hook up with her, like obviously that's a win. But if you go up to a girl and she says no, you're still better off than if you hadn't gone up. Meaning that if it's a girl you see repeatedly, so every time you go to the gym, you know, you see that girl, the stretch man, you're like, man, I want to <laughs> maybe, maybe next week I'll talk yeah, to yeah, her. Yeah. Maybe next week I'll talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then every time you don't do it, you have like a little bit of shame when you leave. You're like, man, I didn't do it today. You have a little anxiety when you're showing up to the gym. Hey, she's going to be there today. And then like it's all these negative emotions like compounded over time and you're putting yourself through all this continuous suffering. Whereas if you just went over chatted with her, asked her, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? And she yeah. said, no, it's still a win because now you've like essentially filtered out one girl. Like mm. now I know that girl's not interested. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that essentially relieves like so much negative energy in your head. Mm. And once I took that mindset, I was like, whenever I saw a girl I was interested in, I was like, well, the sooner I ask her, the better, because then I don't have to like stress yeah, out about yeah, this yeah, shit yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And that allowed me to like very quickly just kind of like sort through, I guess, I don't know, sort through girls. It sounds kind of, I'm not like objectifying yeah, yeah, in this yeah, sense, yeah. but like in, from, a, from a guy who's very insecure, you have to kind of like make that shift or otherwise you're continuously going to be leaving your house like fearful of like, am I going to see another girl? Am I going to mess it up again? And mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. It's bad. No, no, that's good. And, and, I, and, I, and I like that, like you said, because yeah, it's just crazy how I feel as though a lot of guys, their validation comes from, whether women like them or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so what ends up happening is, like you said, they go and they try, and then they get rejected, and it's just like they feel bad. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, they, like they feel like this is the end of the world, like you said, or it's eating them up all the time yeah. versus, like you said, freeing your mind of that negativity, and then you're able to realize that, yo... Like, me talking to this girl is not the end of the world or is not going to save my life. You know what I mean? It's just something, me accomplishing something that I want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's a big part. I think you said like, uh, when you feel like you became a beast. I think one one part, <laughs> or at least one chapter in that for me was like when I could kind of self-validate based on what I'm doing. Like mm. at the end of the day, I can be like, all right, but, you know, if I was single, like, all right, well, I approached that girl today, you know, it didn't go well, or I, I hooked up with that girl today. But like it was based on my action, not like, oh, that girl rejected me. Well, I still go home and I wouldn't think, oh, that girl rejected me. I think, yo, that was a boss move that I, I asked that girl, like, that was a boss move. I'm going to do it again tomorrow even yeah. if I get rejected. And obviously that applies to a lot more than, than dating, right? It's kind of at the end of the day, looking back, like, did I, did I, and this goes back to uh, Marcus Aurelius, right? Yeah. Stoicism, but like, did I control the things that I had control over? Yeah. And if I did, then I can only be happy with myself. Now that's dope. I love that positive aspect on it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like too many people sort of, I see if I if I talk to a girl and she says no, I see it as oh that's her loss. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. you say you see the positivities and then you control what you can control. Yeah. I can control how you feel, so that's on you. I'm not gonna you know beat myself up over it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so what what was your go to opening? What, what's the go to opening? <laughs> that, wait, wait, wait. Okay, what, what scenario? Okay, where, where, scenario where, where I, I like him. I like this guy. <laughs> Give me a scenario. Okay, all right. So you in Boston? You know what? When I think of Boston, I think of Goodwill Hunting. Man, I don't know why I think I think of Good. <laughs> that's, that's a classic, that's a classic. Oh man, but okay, so you're in Boston, you're at a bar. Um, let's say you're with one friend, not the coolest friend though. So you're not the saucy friend. Uh, not the one who I'm like, I I, I trust the Yeah, boy. not the uh, not the wingman, uh, not the uh, guy who's like, yo, we tight though. Uh, and then you see a girl, and she obviously not by themselves, yeah. she with her friends, yeah. and let's say it's twelve o'clock. Towards the end of the night. Yeah. So, all right, so we got a, two girls, a three girls. I'm with a guy who I don't trust. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make the approach by myself, right? I'm not even going to involve my friend in that because it's just going to... You do that a lot of times, it just... Then you start to mentally depend on, like, are they going to do well? And it just doesn't work out. It's 12 o'clock, though, so the girls probably have a little, a little bit of liquor in the system. You don't have to worry too much about the friends at this point. So, I mean, I'd probably go with... Like a, a very basic opener over there, whether it's you know a cheers, like yeah, hi, hi, yo, you guys look like fun. How's your night going? And then some basic conversation with all three girls. But, oh, you so know, you you open the whole set? Yeah, because you don't want. I feel like girls get protective, right? Where if if you kind of just target their friend, a lot of times the girls have this like this like pack mentality. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, we gotta hurt them back together. <laughs> we gotta hurt yeah, them yeah. back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gotta go like at least acknowledge the friends for a minute. But it's twelve o'clock, so it's not like. It's starting to get later to the point where you don't have to have like too much of a conversation with the friends, I think. Okay. And then, you know, from there you gotta try and just break break the the, the one who you want a little bit away. But yeah. it can be pretty simple at night because you're usually it's loud, it's yeah. dark, you kinda just position. Uh, night is too easy. I'm changing yeah. my story. <laughs> night is too easy. So there's a young guy right now, he's at Target. He's oh. he's shopping. Right, he's right. a cute girl at Target. All right, all right. Where, where are we going now? Okay. Well, this, this is more my specialty. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay, much of a okay, okay. I'll be honest okay, with you. Okay. I, get, I go to bed early. Okay. But, <laughs> all right, so I'm at Target. All right, let's say the girl is in... Well, what aisle is she in? Just give me some context. Okay, last time, let me think. Let's say she's in the, she's in the, the fruit aisle. The fruit aisle. Okay, okay. all right, it's a good one. So I'd probably go up. Let's say she's looking at the uh, the bananas or something. I'd probably uh -huh. go up next to her, pretend like I'm looking at the bananas, and I'd be like, I, I, I can never tell. Like, wh wh how, how do I know if a banana is ripe? Like, I just I can just never get this right. Yeah. And she starts to answer, and she'd be like, ah, blah 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 blah. All right, cool. Thank you so much. I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I asked you because I thought you were cute. Okay. I'm David. It's okay. nice to meet you. Okay, I'm not mad at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my typical yeah. thing. You know, okay. kind of innocent question just to, uh, to open the conversation. They're like, oh, I gotta be honest with you. You know, I asked ask the ask you that because I thought you were cute. Yeah. And then from there, just a little basic conversation. You know, oh, cool. What are you getting up to today? I really don't try and like do anything too over the top. 
And then, you know, after a minute or two, well, look, I got to run. I actually do have to get some bananas. Like, get, get out of here. <laughs> but would you want to hang out sometime? Yeah. So I, I I don't like to invest too much time, or I didn't like, I guess when I was single, to invest too much time into each uh, in, interaction because I feel like it ends up being a numbers game regardless, right? And that's one thing that guys get frustrated with. Like you're saying, most guys, like, they, they keep their head down, they keep their head down, and then you finally, like, all right, this is my chance, I'm going to do it, and then it doesn't work out, and then you get all butthurt about it, and you don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. But like it's a numbers game. I've always kind of thought that like if I approach ten girls, like I'll probably get, I don't know, man, four numbers or something. But of those four numbers, maybe two of those girls reply, and then maybe one of those girls actually ends up going on a date with me and hanging out. Yeah. But like I have that in mind. So as I'm, and when I get a number, I'm not like walking out of the store like, yeah, <laughs> hey, that's right, yeah, your boy got the number. Yeah. No, it's more like, all right, like I'll hit this girl up in a couple hours and yeah. see what happens. Now that's dope, and I and I. I want to go. I want to go a little bit backwards. Then I'm gonna go. Want to go forward. But right. I love the little, point that you brought up. Uh, the uh, you guys seen Tenant yet? Come on, man. <laughs> come on, David. Come on, bro. We are friends here. We're friends. Yeah, I can't wait to see. It. I can't wait to see. It. A little time inversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see. It. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing it. But one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of guys, when you're young, a lot of guys lie about the amount of women they get. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of guys are like, oh, I'm getting these girls, getting all these girls. So a lot of young dudes are like, they feel lesser than. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're like, man, she said no to me. This girl rejected me. Yeah. But not knowing that rejection is normal. Yeah. Like you said, I love that the scenario. You said, if I talk to 10 girls, 40% might give me the number. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. Now that 40%, you know what I mean? 20% might text me back. Yeah. And then there might be only one of out of those 10 girls who actually wants to go out with me. So it's helping guys realize that most guys take L's. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. The guys who are getting all the results, they're also getting rejected the most. Yeah. Like, I know Michael Jordan has some quote, right, where he's like, I, I can't, I'm not going to get it right. It's a long quote. But something along the lines of I've missed how many game-winning shots, but, like, ultimately that's why I've made so many game-winning shots. That's real. That's yeah, real. Yeah. So, like, how do... How does a guy get over that? How does that guy get over feeling like, yo, one rejection is the end of the world? It's tough, man. You have to, like... Eventually, I feel like you just have to, like... I know I keep saying that. You kind of you kind of just got to do it, but like, yeah. you also got to keep that in mind. Like you have to keep these statistics in mind. You have to have a level level-headed approach, but you also have to know that like a rejection is like I use this analogy sometimes. But, like you know when you're you're uh, like installing a program on your computer, it's like you have like the progress bar goes from 0% to 100%. Yeah. Like if 100% is where you want to be where maybe I don't know, you're getting consistently laid or you have the girlfriend you want. In order to get there, you have to go to 1%, to 2%, to 3%, to 4% and you know, going from one percent to twenty percent, that might mean twenty rejections. That might mean fifty rejections. Mm. But like a rejection, it's still you're building confidence. You're you're now you have more experience. Maybe you realize something you could have do better next time. But each rejection, it's still like it's still you know a, it's part of that progress bar that's loading. It's part yeah. of the process. And if you honestly, eventually, if guys keep telling you, I still can't do, it, I still can't do it. Eventually, you gotta be like, well, man, like if you just can't stomach rejection, you should probably just give up on this area of your life. Like, <laughs> there's no way, there's like there's no way around it, bro. Yeah, like, eventually, yeah. you got to face it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. And and I love that point because, like I always tell guys, I think part of stoicism is like you said, controlling what you can control. You as a man cannot control how she responds to you. No, never. that's out of your control. All you can do is control, you know, you being respectful, you know, I me, mean? you being funny, you, you know, making a man to woman, you know what I mean? And then what happens is on her and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, another way of looking at it is like, she's not rejecting you, right? She's rejecting your approach. Or yeah. now, like with you know, it's all online dating and some of the guys I work with, they they feel, man, I'm not getting any matches, like, you know, I'm just not attractive enough. And then I look at their profile, I'm like, Bro, she ain't rejecting you. She's rejecting these like these shitty photos. You got, man. Like, like no, like this is why it's happening. But it's yeah. the same thing 
whether it's, you know, a dating profile where she's rejecting your profile, not you, or if it's yeah. your approach, she's rejecting your approach, not not necessarily you. And maybe you look really bad. Maybe you need to work on your appearance. Maybe yeah. you hit the gym. Maybe you just not, don't, don't have any confidence in your approach. But, like, that's why you're going to reject it ultimately. Not, she's not rejecting, like, you as a person. Yeah. So these guys that you're coaching, what are some of the, what would you say are the three biggest mistakes that you see guys are making, which causes them to get rejected, whether it's on online or whether it's in person? I mean, for sure, one is appearance. Like, I, I so many guys just completely neglect style. And, like, mm. I understand it, man. Like, I, I think it's something that girls naturally just, like, embrace more. It's, yeah. uh, this is a part of their feminine uh, tendency. Yeah. Like, I never really cared about my style and my clothes that I wore. But like, if if you want to be getting laid more, you want to be getting like more dates. Like you, ha it's your appearance plays a massive role, and part of that is like, okay, maybe you got to stop getting like the same basic men's regular haircut. Mm -hmm. Maybe you gotta, you know, start getting clothes that fit you better. If you haven't been going to the gym, like you probably should start going to the gym. Like, you know, people get all like butthurt over like, well, well, looks do matter, looks don't matter, looks do matter. Like I'm just, I don't have an attractive face, and it's mm -hmm. like. Man, if you just like control again, control the things you can control. You got fit, you wore the right clothes, like you groomed yourself, like that's gonna put you above ninety percent of guys, regardless of like your facial genetics, right? Yeah, like yeah. that plays a relatively small role, especially like in nightlife. So I hear a lot of nightlife, <laughs> bro. You can't even see your face. Yeah. <laughs> like the rest of the pack is all that matters. Yeah. Um, I think that's one big thing. A big part of it too, for sure, is just limiting beliefs that just like girls just don't like me like it's not even worth trying and then i'm checking up on them you know week after week and they still haven't really tried to approach any girls and it's like well you can sit around and like cry like poor me all the time but if you're not actually trying you could be the most attractive sought after man in the world but if you're not even putting yourself out there you're not gonna you're not gonna see results anyway uh, i'd say those are the main two um a third one's not instantly coming to my head okay so appearance and the limited belief now the appearance one is is, is good because like you said it's like when I do these podcasts, reoccurring things just start popping up, and yeah. the reoccurring one is control what you can control. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And like that's one thing that like me and Jose were talking about it. He was saying that like he believes everyone is ugly. Yeah. I believe he hasn't seen everybody yet. <laughs> 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 but but to his point, yes, you are. You can you can do things to look better. You can yeah. do things to be your best version of yourself. And I always tell guys like there's plenty of women. Who, because they don't look good in regards to taking care of themselves, you don't want them. Mm -hmm. So why do you yourself expect that I take care of myself and her to want me? No, nah, man. It's like you, everyone knows, like, if you go back to, like, your high school class, a lot of times you find them on Facebook or something. It's like the most attractive people, like, they're not attractive anymore. Like, nah, Susie gained, like, 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're like, like, holy shit. Is that, is that like, Rebecca? Is that really her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's not because, like, she had some massive change in her, like, genetics or something. She just probably got fit. Maybe she started putting on better makeup, but yeah. she also like started wearing better clothes and maybe grew her hair out or like whatever it is. But it's these same factors women can control that can make them transform how they look that, that you can control too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So, all right. Um, beasting, you're succeeding. Business is going good. Money is going good. Obviously, women are interested in you. Life is going well. What makes a beast want to settle down? So, it's a combination of things. It's, it's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question. So, first of all, my fiance, y'all met her, Julia. Anyone shout out, Julia. Yeah, shout out, Julia. Anyone who follows the channel knows yeah. Julia. Um, part of it was, I was really not looking for something at the time, right? I was actually out of, like, a mini relationship. A girl I was kind of seeing for At like what age months. was this? We've been, dating, we've been dating for, what's 27, three, a little over three years. So, this must have been... 
I met her about three, three and a half years okay, ago. So All right, so I was 20, 27. Okay. 27, yeah, yeah. Um, so, A, this is also after, man, probably four years straight of going a little bit harder than I should have been single in terms yeah. of just like... But beasting. That's, yeah, beasting. <laughs> <laughs> beasting, but at the same time being self-aware, like maybe a little overcompensating yeah. for like my lack of success earlier and some of those years focusing too much on girls and getting laid versus like my career and like other parts of my life. Yeah. But so, I, you know, I think I finally had to prove that to myself. It was an insecurity. I think I had to prove it to myself just being open. And still though, at that point, Still just casually dating, maybe not trying to like swipe my ass off on Tinder and, yeah. and go out to, to approach every girl at Target anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. but we, I started uh, dating Julia very casually, and it, we probably continued hanging out casually for three, four, five, six months. Like, um, we re- I wasn't looking for a relationship again, pretty explicitly. She had just been out of a five year relationship, she wasn't looking for anything, and then it, it kind of became one of those things where, like, it was too in my face that like she had all the qualities of a girl that I would want to be with in terms of the fact that she was adding value to my life and she was taking an interest in my business and fully supporting it. Like at that point, y'all got to realize I didn't have a big YouTube channel. I didn't have any like clout. Like I was kind of just a lot of girls would be like, I'm not really sure. I don't really understand what you're doing. You're yeah. trying like this online business, like whatever, yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. that means. Uh, she fully supported that, helped with that. I was, you know, extremely attracted to her. The sex was extremely good. It's, it's feeling like it was getting better each time. And uh, it, it felt like, you know, well, if there's a time to, like, you know, get into, I guess, at this point, it's a boyfriend-girlfriend a lot. At yeah. least to, like, this seems to be what what would make sense. So I we started, you know, being exclusive or whatnot after, I'd say, six months of casually dating. And, I mean, I've been in two other long-term relationships before that and neither of them really lasted more than like seven or eight months um and it was just different in the sense that like I was getting more attracted to her both physically but also like I felt like she was adding more value to my life she mm. was challenging me to to grow she was also had her own goals she was pursuing and she was trying to grow and, and it really felt like uh not only like a, a good like relationship in terms of like sexual polarity and like you know like the emotional connection but like also, in terms of, all right, like my business is starting to get to the next level, and this is like an incredible support system as well. Um, in addition, of course, the fact that I think she's fucking dope. Like, I think she's super hot. I think she's super intelligent. She's funny. She cracks me up all the time. Like, when I'm around her, she, she adds value to my life. And I just think she's like a you know, good person with strong morals, obviously. But, but it was a combination of all these different factors, I think, coming together, especially when I wasn't looking for her. You know, I know that that's something that people talk about a lot is that when you really kind of think you're looking for it or you're like, you need someone to kind of like complete you, that that's when you just get into these toxic relationships where like there's a lot of things that, that don't really match up, but you're just kind of forcing it and trying to make it work. And I felt this was the opposite. Like if anything, I was trying to stay away from it, but yeah. I was like, man, I just keep, this makes sense. Yeah. Earlier we told you about Black Wolf and Men, the new grooming skin and hair company that not only clean and restore your skin and hair, but also protect it. These products are designed specifically for men for example, guy's skin is usually thicker and produces more oil than women's skin does. That's why I love the face wash so much, especially during COVID-19. We're wearing all these masks. It's getting ridiculous out here. Washing your face is very, very essential right now. Wearing a mask can cause acne and other problems. Most dermatologists say that you should wash your face at least twice a day, especially before you go to bed to clean off any lingering viruses around your mouth and nose so you're not breathing them in all night long. Like I said earlier, premium products 
for a reasonable price. Use the offer code ROOMMATES to get 25% off at blackwoodformen.com. Let's get back to the rest of the show. So, so man, so the, the YouTube channel's growing, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're getting more saucy. You got a nice apartment, you know. You probably got girls sliding in the DMs now and then. So, do you feel as though, like, the temptation is harder or do you feel as though because your girl is so dope and she's what you need, it's like, yo, the temptation exists, but it's like, this is not even an equal trait. Yeah, definitely the latter in terms yeah. of, in terms of uh, for sure, like, some part of my mind has to have the curiosity. Like, man, at this point, like, with, you know, I, I mean, fitness social media is like a big thing and yeah. I, I could use that clout, like, easily, I'm sure, to slide in some DMs yeah, and yeah, make yeah. some things happen with, you know, probably higher quality girls than beforehand. But if it's like it, it's not really a question because, like I said, of all the the value that Julie adds to my life and all the feelings I have for, her, in addition to all the support she provides for me, but also like even on just like a, a a bare minimum sexual level, obviously I can see other girls and be attracted to them. Like that's not going to change. An attractive person is an attractive person, yeah. but I'm still like so insanely attracted to her. She's also done so much to continually improve herself, and I find that so like sexy and badass in her, <laughs> in her own right that. Uh, it's not something that that's on my mind, and I'm obviously so just focused on business and growing things that, you know, it's 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 amazing to to have the relationship with her for any any you know for the downtime, and it's just yeah, I couldn't be any happier. <laughs> no, that that's dope because one of the biggest things you know there's there's always ongoing debate about marriage and things like that, yeah, and yeah. one of the biggest things that I constantly see is that a lot of dudes who are usually the anti-marriage dudes. They come from it from a very cynical, negative perspective. This girl took his money. This girl took his kid, blah, 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 blah. But then what I see for the dudes who are really successful, the dudes at the top, the dudes at the 1%, the multimillionaires, the billionaires, the decamillionaires, like they find these really dope women who these dudes are already successful but become like these amazing battery packs on their back who help support them to get even to greater lengths in life. And that's kind of what I'm hearing with you. And I feel as though not enough men hear those stories of like, yo, there's actually, there is women who are like leeches and liabilities, but there's some really dope ass women who are really great assets. Yeah, I'm not sure Julie would love the uh, the battery analogy. What's wrong with the battery? What's wrong with the battery? What's wrong with it? God, I'm just I'm, I'm playing, man. <laughs> but no, I, th I think also, if you're looking at like raw statistics and also I just speaking from like, Friends, family, people I know casually, like most relationships aren't healthy. And it's like pretty obvious when you see most relationships that they're not healthy. Like yeah. someone's clearly cheating or someone's clearly not interested or someone's always texting their exes or like someone's always just looking for drama or someone has their own, you know, deep uh, trauma or baggage or eating disorders, whatever it is that, that, that's like holding them down. And then they're pulling the other person down. And most relationships you see are like that. So I see. I think it's it's understandable why there's a very negative sentiment from a lot of people, yeah. whether they've been personally hurt or they're just surrounded by people in unhealthy relationships. Um, but that doesn't start, I mean, certainly doesn't mean that there can't be good, healthy relationships yeah. that are not um, only enjoyable but also just like add value to your life as well. But I know that yeah, it's I mean it's I feel like it's a popular thing now to kind of hate on relationships and marriage just through like. MGTOW and all, and yeah, all, and all yeah, these yeah, things yeah, that are going yeah, yeah. on. But yeah. if, you, if you want to get into that, we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you open the door. Why not go in? But yeah, but to me, like I said, I, I think my big thing with this channel is that you, 
I hate the extremist feminists mm-hmm. who are always talking about all guys are evil and all guys yeah, are trash yeah. and all guys are this, 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 that. It's disgusting to me. Mm. So I hate... When you're a man mm-hmm. who gets into that all kind of emotional woman tendencies, yeah, bro, I ah. anything too extreme usually is is like fueled by some type of insecurity or some type of weakness, man. Like there's always some truth in the middle, right? Yeah. Like I know people would say like red pill, blue pill, whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like blue pill, I guess, being like you believe in like Hollywood love stories, love <laughs> at first sight, like, like the perfect one is out there yeah, waiting for you. Red yeah. pill. Maybe moderate red pill being a good thing, but like yeah. the more extreme, like MGTOW or like kind of just like straight up women shaming that yeah, happens yeah. a lot. Like all women are evil. They're just they're just gonna tear you down and take your money <laughs> hey. and walk out the door. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bro, like there's obviously there's a there's a middle ground, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. a middle ground. So what would you say that middle ground is? I mean, I think having a realistic view that everyone Yourself included has some insecurities. I'm not saying like you, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just about to say, I'm about to say, we can turn this off, man. <laughs> like we, we all have insecurities, we all have unhealthy parts of our, I guess, personality or our psyche that, that may be subconscious. And when two people come together in sort of like a interdependent relationship, like that, a lot of times tends to bring out. Um, more negative aspects of people, I think, both women and men. You know, I know guys like to talk about all the things women do wrong in relationships. Guys have a lot of things that they contended relationships too. And uh, I think that you just have to have a realistic view that it does, I mean, there is going to be some, it's going to be challenging to to find a really healthy relationship because of all these different factors. And that doesn't mean it's not there, but it means, A, you need to be open to always working on yourself, admitting your own, faults and like you know if and if julia points something out for me from time to time like you like something i'm just not aware of rather than being closed off and like yelling at her about it being open to to changing and open to realizing that i'm not perfect but also you know you need to find a partner who who shares that that ability to to be self-aware and improve themselves and i think it's more uh, a reflection of just i guess people in general rather than relationships now that's real and i think that point like you said i i think sometimes people don't acknowledge that they pick that you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of these guys yeah. will tell all these horror stories, but it's like, bro, the writing was on the wall months ago. You know what I mean? No, like, bro, if you only pick up like blackout girls at the club, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. is that going to be a good strategy long term? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So for a guy who's like, man, I love David's story, man, it's super dope. He has a super dope chick. He, but he wants to know what do I look for to get a Julia? What What are some of the things that a man should be looking for to know that she's a real one and a real ride or die? Well, I think first of all is is kind of having a similar mindset that you don't want to be like ever looking for a relationship, okay. right? Whenever you're meeting new girls, I think you should look at it as like a casual thing. I'm going to hang out with this girl, you know, at first one or two nights a week, you know, take it slow, so to speak. And I mean, I, I think that having sex early on is actually a good thing because a lot of times that brings down a lot of the, uh, like the barriers and these people can stop playing games after sex, but take it slow in terms of like, we're not going to start hanging out every single day and like living at each other's place and talking about like kids and marriage. Like, Keep it casual, like, and a lot of times you may have to draw that boundary. I think, you know, setting boundaries is one thing that the people in general just are not good at. It's a very, like, uncomfortable skill, but, like, you know, being able to hold a girl at arm's distance in the sense that, like, look, I know, like, things are going well, but let's, like, I, you know, I've had bad experiences in the past. I really prefer just to, you know, keep it casual, not set any expectations. And, you know, let it get to that point where now you've been seeing this girl for at least two or three months. You have a more realistic view, and now you can ask yourself, like, 
is this a girl who adds value to my life? Is this a girl who also has her own goals? Is this a girl who's going to help me reach my goals? Or is this a girl who's just trying to get like wifed up as soon as possible Mm -hmm. and be able to tell her friends that she has a boyfriend? Like, you know, you have to kind of be able to have a level-headed view because, again, most people just in general, I don't, I don't think have dealt with a lot of their baggage and that can, can bring them down. Yeah, no, that's real. And, and that, that baggage point is super dope because we created a course, like a 10 step to healthy manhood course. And one, and I did the first second, the second step is to deal with your past wounds. And that's something that almost no guys talk about, but it's affecting so many people. Like you said, like if you don't deal with those inner demons, what you can't control going back to it, like you're no way possible. Can you one, be the best version of yourself or find someone that compliments and, and um, really um, helps your life? And how do you, how do you, like, what, what's your advice for, for, for finding and like dealing with those demons? Man, so you're going to like this one. Yeah. This is, man, you're making me get all my free content, man. <laughs> I got to pay for the course. But <laughs> for the sake of David, I'm going to give you guys my free content. Um, so this, my strategies is actually based upon Tom Brady's rehab in 2008 season. So you're going to like this. Yeah, one. I like okay. Brady. All right, so the first thing is that Tom Brady tore his ACL the first game of the year against the Chiefs, correct? Yep. And so after, so after he got injured, before the ACL part, after he got injured, the first thing you do when you get injured is what? Go get an MRI, maybe? Perfect. You go get an MRI to figure out what's wrong, yeah. right? So I think the first thing that every man has to do is to get that MRI to be able to figure out, yo, what is wrong with me, right? Yeah. So what the MRI exists of is either you going on a, maybe a spiritual journey, to introspect your journey, maybe it's a, a therapist, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a mentor, and that MRI is just, you got to find out what's wrong. Maybe what's wrong with you is you got no confidence because your dad left and you feel, don't feel good enough. Maybe you feel, maybe you're angry because your ex girlfriend cheated on you, and now you're taking it out on the world. So you the first thing as a man, you got to be able to get the MRI, figure out what's so wrong. You got to kind of like look through your past and be like, what what is what like traumatic event am I still holding on to? Yes, yeah, right. yes, yes. So to me, I always say like the easiest way to do it is guys close your eyes and who's like in a countdown to three, like um, countdown from three, three, two, one, and then say who hurt you. And the first person that came to mind is usually going to be the person that really caused this pain to you. I like that. Cool. So then after you get an MRI, the next thing that Tom Brady has to do is he has to get around. So he gets some crutches. He gets a wheelchair. Because at the end of the day, you can't walk on that leg, right? So you got to move around. So I say you have to get a stabilizer. When a stabilizer exists of something healthy to help you not mope and, be mo- and do woe uh, what was me. I personally believe one of the worst advices is when they tell guys the best way to get over someone is to get under somebody else. I think that's, that's, that's unhealthy. I think that's just a coping mechanism. Now nah, you need something good. So for me, it's like maybe it's you're working out every single day. You know what I mean? Maybe it's, yo, I got a friend I got to talk to every single day. Something productive that just helps you get through the day. Because I see so many guys, even with injuries, like you, you played sports before. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes, when they get injured, they stay in the bed for days. Mm-hmm. They're just depressed. They're out of it. They're like, dude, I'm not going to go anywhere. My life is over. Nah, get your ass up. Get on these crutches and walk, right? So then after that, then you got to do surgery. So then time had to hop into surgery. And what surgery is, is something quick and expedient to go ahead, take care of scar tissue and to stabilize the injury. And so for me, what that can be is like, like I said, I consider therapy as just a trusted advisor, like a guy like David, you know, maybe a licensed counselor, whoever it may be, who can just help you just initially remove those pain points. And my friend, his name is Stefan Labossier, shout out Stefan. He has a book, and in his book, he tells everybody to write a letter. 
So write a letter to whoever hurt you and get it all off your chest. That to me is cleaning out that knee, right? That ACL, you got to clean out that scar tissue. It's cleaning out that knee, immediate surgery. So boom. So once you got surgery done, then the next thing that an athlete has to do is they have to go to physical therapy, mm-hmm. right? They have to rehab. And then part of rehabbing is now you need somebody to help you get right. End of the day, if you're injured, you can't rehab yourself. You know, I'm not sure if you – is that possible, an athlete to rehab themselves? Uh, maybe some injuries, probably not too many. Yeah, exactly. Especially, especially the, more, the, more, the more devastating the injury, probably the more extensive rehab is. If you broke your leg, you know what I mean, you broke your fibula, you're not rehabbing yourself, no, no, you know no, what no. I mean? And so then you got to go to rehab. So that's somebody who's going to walk you through um, to help you really process this pain. But the key with rehab is you need to have a destination. And that's where I feel like a lot of guys mess up because what ends up happening is too many people say they go to therapy, but I'm like, for what? They have no idea. What's the goal here? They have no idea. Tom Brady, when Tom Brady went to physical therapy, his goal was about a 2009 season, I want to be playing again. That's his goal. So you need to have a strategic goal where you're at in therapy. So, so going back to the guy who's mad at his dad, his goal can be, you know what, I want to think about my dad and not want to punch him in his face. That's a good goal. I want to think about my girlfriend without having to cry. That's a good goal. I want to not be cynical and hate women again. That's a great goal. So have a goal in therapy, and you hold your therapist accountable. Because my biggest thing is a lot of people go to therapy, and like physical therapy, your therapist might suck. <laughs> people think all these therapists are great, yeah, yeah. all these coaches are great. No, some people are good, some people are bad. Same thing with Tom Brady. If Tom Brady's goal was played by, this, played by the season, if he's eight months into th- therapy and he can't even walk, and he's giving it 110%, He's firing that physical therapist. You ain't getting the job done. So you have to hold your therapist accountable, and you have to give yourself a, a time schedule. Like, worst thing I always see is um, I'm a real, real religious person. I go to church, and I see these old ladies, like, still dealing with pain in their 60s and 70s from, like, that happened in their 20s. I'm like, yo, you are not getting better. There needs to be a time schedule where if you're telling me you tore your ACL and you said you went to therapy and you healed, but you still can't play again, nah, 40 years later, nah, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't heal. So going back to that point, I tell people set a time schedule. So I, by the end of this year, I want to go on a date and not be afraid that she's going to reject me. You know, by the end of you know, next year, I want to talk to my dad and have a productive conversation. So you need to have a goal with a time. And then the hardest part is you've got to put in the work. Anybody who's ever rehabbed from ACL, from a Tommy John, from a broken collarbone, from a torn Achilles, whatever it may be, especially the more devastating injuries, it's going to take you to actually put in a lot of work and to really bust your ass. That's why I love your fitness content because part of physical discipline is teaching you how to, oh, I'm not this over. <laughs> part of physical discipline is teaching yourself how to deal with pain and overcome pain. So to me, it's like you have to, you got to put in the work. You can have the best therapist, Tom Brady can have the best therapist in the world, save the ARC facilities, great goal, but if he's not busting his ass every single day to get healthier for that season, then it's not going to work. And the last two steps are play again. So that's when Tom Brady 2009 preseason comes on and he's able to play. But what happens is people play again, but they don't play the same because they're afraid of getting hurt again. Mm. So you still need support during that time. You still need that coach, that mentor to help guide you where you can, while as you're playing again, whatever play again means, whether it's dating again, whether it's believing in people again, whether it's being hopeful again, you need somebody that can help guide you to be able to play again. And in the very last step is that you got to be able to play at 100%. So whoever you were before you got hurt, whoever you were before you got your heart broken, before you got angry, you want to at least get to that point 
point and be at 100% again. And you know, and then to, to Tom Brady's story, by the end of the 2009 season, what did he win? NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Because guess what? Tom Brady, after that severe injury, because that was back in the day when ACL could end your career. Tom Brady, after that severe injury, rehab, and then a year later was just as good, if not better, than a year before. So that's my comprehensive healing strategy. This is quite the strategy. <laughs> I, I like, uh, I mean, just to, to say a few things, I guess. I, I like the idea of like writing the letter to the person who hurt you and just get, allowing you to get all those thoughts uh, off of your chest, the things you've been holding on to. But I think that, yeah, I, I think I agree with everything you said. That's very comprehensive. And I can imagine that that's something that every guy should at least, yeah, at least got to give yourself the MRI, right? And at yeah. least say like, like what, what potentially what is under the surface that I haven't been dealing with. And to explore that because we all have something, man. We all got something. Yeah. So, huh? Let's see how vulnerable you want to get. Yeah. I'm gonna share what mine was. Right. I'm gonna share what mine yeah. was, and then if you want to share yours, you can share yours. Sure. <laughs> but sure, I, I, like you said, that MRI is important because yeah. I feel like so much guys to be weak is perceived as feminine. Yeah. To me, to acknowledge your weakness is the most masculine thing you can do. Yeah, of course. Being you know vulnerable I mean? is strong. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So for me, I think when I when I took the MRI, there was a sense where I had a lot of my validation from other people. I knew I grew up with amazing parents. I view, I view myself very privileged. And they gave me all the identity in the world. But my thing was I looked to people to confirm what I believed about myself. So my biggest thing was I had to learn, like, yo, my problem was too many people didn't validate me the way I wanted to be validated, so now I was mad. So now I was hurt. So, so too many people controlled my emotions. When a girl said she liked me, I was happy. When she said that she didn't like me, I was sad. When my football coach said you're a great player, I was excited. When he said you suck, I was bad. So I had to learn that, yo, my, my injury was that I have too much of my identity in the hands of people, and that's was what I had to work on. Yeah, I think that I mean, I think that's just the thing is a lot of guys can relate with. Yeah. Uh, so mine, and I think that you know, I finally did give. When I said I moved into that apartment by myself, I yeah. think that's when not purposefully, but I ended up kind of giving myself an MRI because I just had so much time to think. And I think I finally realized that in high school basketball, uh, you know, I, I'd always been a good player. I was had a lot of confidence, and I came in freshman year. And honestly, the coach just like didn't like me. And like at the beginning when they were doing the different rotations, like I got put on like the end of like the second line. Mm -hmm. And, like, I took it so much into my head before the season even started. And I was like, oh, man, like, uh, the coach thinks I suck. I'm not going to play this year. And I just had so much, like, performance anxiety that when I got on the court, man, I, sometimes I could barely even dribble the ball or pass the ball. And I got so in my head that all through high school, I, it's not something I ever consciously acknowledged. And, you know, the next year I had a different coach, and, and he liked me, and I played amazing, right? But then in, in, and up through my senior year, we had uh, – I had that coach who liked me, and then the coach changed again to another one who mm. I perceived at least didn't like me. I think I was very mentally weak at the time, and mm. like you know, it's the first impression set that for me. And then again, immediately, like my my play went through the floor, and then the rest of my life, I had no confidence in either. So I think it's similar to yours in the sense that you know I needed that, like the coach's validation in, mm. in order to play well. And when I had a coach who was hard on me, whether he didn't like me or I only perceived it that way. I immediately like crippled uh, under the uh, under the pressure. Yeah, and. Uh, and once I realized that, I started to see how, you know, that made me really afraid of talking to girls because, mm. you know, I just didn't think I had that in me. And then I got the same performance anxiety would kind of take a hold of me and I could barely have a conversation. And it, it definitely, even just, even the MRI alone relieves a lot of the pressure, just so, be, being acknowledging it. So how did you, how did you come to overcome that? I mean, I think it was through, 
through all of these other things, I think a lot of it for me was kind of uh, because at that point it had really transferred on to, to to women was the thing that it had transferred on to. Yeah. Right, it wasn't basketball anymore at that point. I was yeah. I had graduated. It was women, and for me it was more I guess like exposure therapy. Maybe you would say you know yeah. it's really making my forcing myself to approach a lot of girls in a lot of different scenarios yeah. until I just was hmm. like desensitized to it. No, that's interesting. I I would even say that you were desensitized to it. What it sounds like to me is because. I felt like this story was going to come full circle for this reason. Because it sounded like to me like a lot of times we as men use women to solve or address with the issues in our lives, right? And so, but the issues in our life transcend women. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, that, that feeling of insecurity that you said like your coach put in you or whatever happened now then correlated with women but the real problem was the insecurity you just didn't believe in yourself though you were a great man you're still you were a beast at that time but you just didn't believe in yourself and so what I think what happened was through you to your exposure therapy you came to realization that I'm still great regardless of what she says I am still great regardless if she likes me I am still great regardless if she goes on a date whether she texts me back whether she sees me the next day I'm still David you know what I mean? So you built your identity, you know what I mean? I advise people to do it outside of women, <laughs> but you, did, you built your identity through this exposure to where you now didn't seek validation from outside people. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's probably accurate. I never yeah. thought about it that yeah. way, but that, that, that makes sense, and uh, I think that's true. I kind of found my confidence, found who I was. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's dope, man. And I, and I think helping guys find that confidence, and one of the big things I, I love that you put on your channel is the gym. Mm. I feel like the gym, fitness, all that good stuff really helps guys find that confidence. So right now, there's a guy, 20, 26 years old, mm -hmm. hasn't worked out a day in his life. Mm -hmm. He wants to build his confidence. He wants to get into the gym. Mm -hmm. But he's just, he just doesn't know where to start. He's like, David, help me. I need, a, I need a plan. What is your advice for that 26-year-old guy who's lazy, has no confidence, wants to get into the gym? What do you tell him to do? Well I, well, I just released this uh, this app called the Beastly App. Okay, go ahead, promote that app. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 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 partly joking, but I did release the app, and it gives you like 100% custom workout a diet based on like your age, your experience level in the gym, and everything. Get to that, man. What's the app called again, David? Beastly. Beastly app, man. Got to search that in the app store. Get the app. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I know there's a, there's a lot of like a mental barrier and a lot of self sabotage that happens. I think a lot of guys think it's too late for me. I know I, even when I was 22 years old, man, I thought oh, it's too late for me to get laid. Man. It's too late. It's too yeah. late to get girls, and uh. It's, it's like it's not too late. Like time, time, like a year is a long time. And most guys who I hear saying that it's too late for them are like also like they're like 22, 23, 24, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 25. Yeah. It's just not too late. Yeah. But I think that a lot of times there's even a fear of maybe of going to the gym, right? Because that also is a fear of being judged. You don't really know what you're doing there. Having the beastly app will help. But like you don't know <laughs> what you're doing there. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a hostile. You perceive it as a hostile environment, right? And ultimately, I think we we. We really look for excuses not to change. Even if we have this deep trauma and we're mad at our ex or our dad, like some deep part of us sometimes like wants to stay mad, right? Some part deep part of us doesn't really want to change. And, and we kind of hold on. So for some reason, humans, I feel like, are drawn to being miserable. Mm. And I mean, I can fall into that sometimes too, or maybe I'm filming a video and it's just, it's just not going right. I just can't find the words to do it. Or like I lose a clip, my memory card gets corrupted. Like sometimes you just want to be mad. You just want to be pissed off and scream and punch the wall. And you don't really want to work to a productive solution. I think a lot of guys get caught in that cycle where maybe it's with dating or with their body that they just, they, they want to be 
they want to be mad and and it's tough right because when when you're trying to help people and you want them to change at some point you do have to like someone has to want to change to change right if someone's still in that point where they don't really want to change they don't really care about change they're just angry i don't know if there's anything you you can really tell them to 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 make them change you have to get someone when they're when they're in that that phase like again when i moved into the apartment alone and i started realizing all these things you have to catch someone at that point in time when they're open to like, oh, maybe I should change the way I'm doing things. I mean, I'm sure the the viewers of your podcast are at that point. They probably wouldn't be watching a podcast like this. And then you got to like strike when the iron's hot and be like, all right, man, like my, I, you know, I'm considering doing this. I have some motivation at this point. Like, I just need to take it slow. A lot of times I say, just start with the smallest, start with the smallest step. If you want to get a gym membership, you know, the, the smallest step is probably just doing like a, a, a search on Google Maps for like gyms near you. And okay, now, okay, now I know a gym near me. Okay, what's the next step? Uh, maybe I call them, you know, ask what their membership rates are. Like really, really take it inch by inch because otherwise a lot of times even just signing up for a gym can seem like it's like this big project and you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't want to do it. When really all you had to do was like do a Google Maps search, call the gym, like show up the next day and like you're done. But you really have to like make things so simple for yourself sometimes. Now that's dope. And one of the biggest things I've also seen with guys in the gym is that instant gratification. A lot of guys go to the gym, they work out for a week, they're like, they don't see results, they give up. Mm-hmm. So in your, in your opinion, what is that timetable that you're like, yo, you guys need to be consistently grinding in the gym for this long to really see real results happen? I mean, so obviously when you're, I was filming a video on this today, but like the gym is something where there's diminishing marginal returns and you know, newbie gains is something people talk about. Mm -hmm. Like when you go to the gym at first, that's when your body's primed to, to, you know, to build the most muscle and you see the fastest results. But that still doesn't happen in a week. You know what I'm saying? Like every program I design is 12 weeks long. And one reason is because, you know, if you stay consistent for three months and you're at the beginning stage of your, your lifting career, you should see some visible changes in your body. You should see some muscle mass start to build. But like three months is a realistic time frame, man. Not one week, two weeks, three weeks. You're looking in the mirror every day. You're probably not going to see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you stay consistent for three months. Not only are you going to start to see changes, uh, take progress photos too, because sometimes when you see yourself every day, it can be deceiving. But every almost every time people tell me, I didn't even realize, but you know, all my coworkers or or all my my family members, like, man, you look different. You're looking strong. Like, what happens? But you have to. I mean, I think three three months is uh is like a minimum commitment. No, that's good, and 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 that's kind of where I go to too. Like, yeah. definitely that that first three month period. But like I like you said, I'm interested in the app because like depending on your body type, you yeah. know what I mean. Because what happens is people do comparison, yeah. and that's a thief of joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh well, he he was working out. He looks like this. How come I'm looking like that? And, and so I love your point about control what you can control because this is about you getting into your best version of yourself and not anybody else. No, it's about being able to compare your body to where it was three months ago or six months ago or a year ago and be like, yeah. wow, I've made progress. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, PEDs, steroids, SARMs, like, you know, they're very prevalent and social media influencers use them a lot. Um, and a lot of unrealistic expectations are created today when people go scrolling through Instagram, like, oh man, I want to look like that. That guy says he's natural, but like, it, there's a lot of, uh, that's a different issue for him, maybe yeah. for a different day, but yeah. like, you also have to have realistic expectations. Yeah. You're not going to walk out looking like, uh, you know, the most ripped dude you saw on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, man, that's real. And that, and that part, you know what I mean? You, you brought up about that comparison and that re- really comparing yourself. I think, what was that Jordan Peterson one? Be better than yourself each day. What was that point? 
Yeah, so Jordan Peterson had this one quote where he said, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. That's who you're competing against every single day. Yeah. I mean, not Hafiz, not David, not Francis. You're comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. And so that's that's something that I really encourage every single man to do because, like you said, you, you, you worry about everybody else. You can't control that. You yeah. only can control you, me, myself, and I. So yeah, yeah. Man, Something I used to do every night before bed, I, I, I've honestly fallen off of this habit. I probably should get back on it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like, especially when I was like really like at the beginning of my self-improvement years, every day, and this goes back to controlling what you can control, I would ask myself two questions. And I'd write it down every time in a little, I found like a journaling app or something. I'd ask myself, what did I do well today? And what would I do differently next time? Mm. And that allows you very quickly, A, to like get some small wins. You know, oh, maybe I approached the girl today or, you know, I joined the gym today or I did, you know, I did my, my fifth week consecutively in the gym today or what could I do differently? You know, maybe you confronted someone at work, but you like, you lost your shit and you got aggressive and you're like, man, I, you know, I can be, I need to be a lot more calm next time I confront someone and keep my cool. But it allows you very quickly to like analyze your progress on a day-to-day -day basis and it's very simple, but that, that helped me out a lot, at least. Man, I love that because I think that self-awareness is key. You know what I mean? Like you said, to be able to look look and look and at the man in the mirror and then find out your strengths, find out your weaknesses, and find out your ways to grow. So, no, I, man, I, I love that part, man. Mm -hmm. I love that part. But, David, man, this is awesome, man. Beast, I'm learning how to be a beast, man. <laughs> but, so, you know what? Let's do one more segment. All right. I'm going to save it for Patreon, though. I'm going to save it for Patreon. We're going to do – We I want us to do – what are the five characteristics of a beast in your opinion? So we're going to say that for Patreon, the five characteristics of a beast. But in closing, what is the message that you want to leave the young men with who are not going to go to Patreon, unfortunately? But what is the <laughs> message you're going to leave these young men with so that they can be the best version of themselves? Take it one day at a time. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, progress in the gym with girls, with business, like it takes place over months and years. It doesn't take place over hours or days or weeks. And like really the incremental progress, you know, it, it adds up a lot over time, whether it's, you know, when I'm filming a YouTube video, I tell myself I try to make every video better than the last, whether it's just the music selection or the my on-screen presence or, you know, the use of camera angles, like these small little tweaks, they, they add up to a big difference if I look and watch a, a video of mine from a year ago versus today. I mean, if you're going out and talking to girls, the same thing, you know, what's one thing you can do a little bit better with your next approach? And if you always have this, this, this mindset for incremental progress, like, you're going to be a beast. You're going to be a massive beast. With be that little progress in a year, man, that's massive progress. That yeah. transformation. Yeah, now I'm working on a video right now is that it's okay to be a three. Yeah. But it's not okay to stay there. No. So every it's okay you're a three right now. Yeah. But, hey, next year, be a four. Then you have to that being five. And in 10 years, you're a 10. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like every, like you said, incremental progress, you know, yeah. one step at a time, each day and each day. And don't be hard on yourself, man. Yeah. No, like you said, don't be comparing yourself to other people because there's always going to be someone who's ahead of you. There's always going to be someone who's behind you. There's always going to be someone who's on your level. Yeah. No matter how much you grow, you can always be looking at someone who's five steps ahead of you. And yeah. That can be very depressing. No, that's real. Man. I enjoy this, guys. <laughs> I enjoy so, it too, bro. So, guys, man, please reach out. David, where can they find you at? Uh, How to Beast on YouTube, on Instagram, Beastly app on the Apple Store. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, guys, make sure you get the app. So, we're about to go to Patreon where he's going to teach you guys the five characteristics of a beast. The link is in the description. But for those who are not going to join us, thank you guys so much. My name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by... David. And we are the roommates, guys. Thank you so much, and... Have a great day. Stay beastly. <laughs> I like that. All right, five characteristics of a beast in your opinion. Uncut, unfiltered. Right. Give it to me. Ooh, 
five characteristics of a beast. 